Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to episode 109 of the Marathon Running Podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk all about the different marathon training plans out there and how to pick the best for you. This is the Marathon Running Podcast by Letty and Ryan from We Got The Runs. Join us in our running community for weekly content that is motivational, educational, and inspirational and let the marathon running podcast take you from the starting line to the finish line and beyond hey runners and welcome to episode 109 hi daddy hey ryan how is it going pretty good so we are Ryan and Letty. We have a weekly marathon running podcast where we bring the experts to you and we talk about marathon training. We talk about nutrition, talk about mental training, and we bring also inspiring stories from our listeners as well as other people that we find online. And the goal is to just give you something to listen to when you do your long runs or whenever to keep you motivated for your running. Motivation is important. It's very important, Ryan. That's so true, especially during the hot weather. Now that we have to start training for our fall marathons. Fall marathons already? I guess you're right, huh? Yeah, I mean, most training plans are 16 to 20 weeks. And so for the people that have races in September and October, it's time to get the ball rolling. (laughs) Or the feet moving. So there are lots of different marathon running plans out there, aren't there? There sure are. And that's why we picked today's topic, just to catch those people who haven't figured out which plan to follow, the ones that choose not to have a coach or haven't found the right coach. There's really a lot of uh, plans that you can just download online as well or pay a minimal fee for them. And so we're going to talk about exactly that. We're going to talk about the ones that are out there, and then we're going to go into considering how to find out which one is right for you because as we know every runner is different so so when you google and look for a marathon plan there are certain names that will pop up such as Hal Higdon uh, the Macmillan plan the Hansen method the Galloway method then there is a low heart rate method and then you'll also find that a few marathons have their own training program Uh, on their website, such as the Boston Marathon, you can click on their their website and find different training programs. The Abbott World Marathon Series has the same thing. And the LA Marathon, for example, has the same thing as well. And we're very familiar with the LA Marathon because we've, A, done it a bunch of times, and B, the head coach, David Levine, has been a frequent guest on our podcast and answered many of our training questions. So that's another one. And then you'll also see some plans promising to get you ready on only three days a week for running. So we're going to dive into all of that. But before we break it down, here are some common things you'll see and that you should look for when you compare those plans. So one of them is look at the plan and see what the weekly mileage is. Mm -hmm. Another one would be 
look at the mileage that the plan calls for on your long run. So usually your Saturday or Sunday has a long run. So look at what the maximum mileage is for those. Then also look at the speed training or the fart legs that are in the, in the program. How many days of speed training do you have? Another thing to look at is, does your plan include hill training? And the last but not least one is, Look at how the easy run is defined in that particular marathon program that you're looking at. Some of them can define the easy run of being up to 90 seconds shorter than your marathon goal pace. And other ones are more like a threshold run, meaning that they are closer to your race pace. Do all the training programs have like a similar time commitment? There's significant differences depending on whether you're looking at a beginner program or an advanced or an intermediate program. So I guess that's one last thing to also look at. Yeah. So if someone, I mean, obviously you don't want to always pick the one with the shortest amount of running because it might not be the best for you. But if someone does have time constraints, they can look at those things. The number of, like you say, the number of miles ran per week and stuff to see how long it's going to be. Yeah, and, and we'll look at that later when we talk about the considerations, which one fits you best. But I kind of want to just go over right now over the ones that are out there. So let's start with the Hal Higdon training plans. They're the most widely used ones and probably the most available ones on the internet. Uh, you can just Google marathon training plans and those are the first ones to really pop up. Uh, Hal Higdon is expected to have probably helped more than a half million runners finish a marathon and he has 10 different training plans to choose from and all of them are kind of subcategorized uh, from novice programs, intermediate programs, and advanced programs. So within those programs, the novice program is great for first-time marathon runners because you run four times a week, you have one cross-training day, you have long runs ranging from six miles up to a 20-mile long run, and there are walking breaks recommended when needed. The maximum mileage per week for those novice programs are 40 miles, for the intermediate program, you have, well, the fact that it's not recommended for first-time marathoners, somebody has to have a little bit of a bigger base and hopefully finished the first marathon because obviously after you finish your first marathon, then you're kind of going from your goal of wanting to finish them towards a goal of finishing with a better time. So those have five runs per week, one cross-training day, they still have no speed work in the intermediate program, but they kind of build up the long runs now from eight miles up to 20 miles. Maximum mileage for this one is 43 to 50 miles. And then we have the advanced Higdon programs, and they are for the experienced marathoner who wants to do some sort of advanced training that includes speed work and tempo runs and interval runs, hill repeats, marathon pace training runs built in. They still recommend that the, not, the long run is up to 90 seconds slower than the marathon pace. And again, they build up to the longest run being a 20 miler and has about three of them in there. So, like I said, you know, Hal Higdon has a lot of training plans and it seems like that training plan has something for everyone. He puts a big emphasis on rest days. And, you know, if you do the paid version, you get a lot of comments on what you should be feeling at what point of the run. Sounds like there's a variety to choose from. 
So have you ever tried that training program or one of them? I have tried Hal Higdon when I was running marathons, just kind of literally on the side, but I didn't really follow the training plan. I just kind of use it as a guidance to see how many long runs people do on the weekends. And, you know, that was when I was just kind of running marathons on a whim back in the good old days when my body was younger and I would just finish them to finish them. <laughs> so what's next? So then an alternative to the Hal Higdon plan is the Macmillan train, which is kind of the same thing, but a little bit different. Uh, it has more of a, it's a paid program and you can input whether you like speed work or you don't. It's a little spinoff of that one. I almost feel like it's, it's a little bit more personalized for you. And that one also you upload it onto, I think, Training Peaks, a software, and it just pops up on your Garmin. So that one is uh, the Macmillan plan is also very, very popular. So it tells you what to run? Yes. When? So you don't have to do much thinking? Yeah, you just it just kind of shows up on your Garmin. Would you like to do today's workout? And, and that's it, which I think is kind of a perk too. Makes, makes things a lot easier for the people that are used to not printing out stuff anymore and having everything on their phone. Do they give you feedback too? I assume if you're paying for it. I don't know. I think there is probably another paid version where you do get that sort of feedback. But I think if you just follow the regular training plan, it's uh, you don't really get to talk to a person. So what's next? So the next one is called the Mephitone Method. And this is a style of marathon training that maintains an aerobic running focus, which that means it's uh, runners will always run at a low intensity and never exceed the prescribed heart rate. So it's kind of known as the heart rate training method, the low heart rate training method. So when you use this plan, you will never run faster than your calculated heart rate, like I said, and you'll be in a running zone that is supposed to feel easy to you. You don't do any speed work, you don't do any stretching, but you do yoga. And you should also eliminate grains and sugars from your diet and eat more fat in order to teach your body to use fat as fuel. So this plan works best for a range of level of runners, people who just love to run without worrying about paces that works well for people that are in tune with um, how to train using their heart rate, runners who don't care about speed work and people that want to stay healthy and maintain a healthy weight. Uh, the disadvantages to this methadone method is that if you're somebody that thrives off of fast runs, then that's hard. And also, you know, that means if you don't do any speed work, uh, then maybe you will be struggling maybe a little bit during your marathon, since a lot of people usually have speed work in their training programs. I mean, heart rate seems to be correlated with how difficult it feels. So if your heart rate goes up above a certain level, then it does make it feel much more difficult. I guess that's your body's way of telling you, wait a minute, slow down a bit. Yeah. So maybe this is more a plan to finish a marathon. I don't know. I didn't read about it enough. But I've also heard from other runners that use this heart rate method that after a few months, your body get stronger and you can maintain and get faster at a lower heart rate. So I think uh, we could kind of talk about that in a future episode, but I think that's what this is uh, all aimed towards. If you do it for long enough, you'll end up getting faster. Well, it might be good just to get your self-awareness of your heart rate too. So you can kind of, if you're keeping an eye on it, you can track like, 
how you feel based on what your heart rate is and you can kind of feel where that is but yeah so what's next so the next one is the galloway run walk method and that's a method designed to keep runners injury free and it's to be utilized by every level of runners a lot of entry level runners do it but also people who you know have been running for a while and had some injury injuries and struggled with those they could come back to that um so how do you get faster by walking? Well, many runners go out too fast and end up hitting a wall earlier. So many of these runners end up walking the rest of the majority of the race and ultimately make their overall time slower than if you would have used this method. So here's what you can expect. So so this method utilizes the magic mile calculator to determine how much you will walk. So you can find that tool online. So basically you run a longer interval and then you walk a shorter interval. And again, you know, this is to lessen the risk of injury because you keep your muscles strong uh, with those walk breaks. This method has you running three days a week or I guess run walking. And then, then you have one full day of just walking and you have very little speed work. Um, the people that like this plan, like we discussed, is people new to the marathon distance, the ones looking to just finish the marathon without a specific time goal, people that had injuries, people who have difficulty with running once they start increasing their mileage, and uh, you know, people that are comfortable using that method, and probably a few more. So what are the disadvantages to this method? So takes longer to walk a marathon than run one. Yeah, the time constraints, right? If you <laughs> if you got to fly out after your marathon. <laughs> no, but if you're already used to running continuously for a long time without needing to walk, this is probably not the plan for you. And also, if you're looking to get faster and faster with your marathon over time, eventually you'll want to work um, you want to work towards being able to run the entire marathon instead of having the walk, walk breaks. So it's not for everyone. All right, Ryan. So the next training plan or training method that we have listed here is an also very commonly known method, which is the Hansen method. It was founded by brothers Keith and Kevin Hansen. And what makes this plan unique is that the longest run you'll be running during your training is a 16-mile run which is very abnormal because most plans have you running 20 miles for the long runs once you get closer to the date of your marathon. Um, so instead of having those long runs, this training program is based on cumulative fatigue. So here's what you can basically expect from this training program. It's an 18-week training cycle, six days of training per week, it's high mileage, which is 57 plus miles for the beginner plan and 60 plus miles for the advanced plan. Speed work starts in the sixth week for the beginner plan and the second week for the advanced plan. And then, uh, yeah, running lots of days with high mileage, which requires you to run on tired legs. And I have kind of done something like this and we can talk about this here in a minute. So who is this method best for? Uh, it's best for people who are able to fit in a high volume of miles during the week. Uh, runners who have a hard time fitting long runs upwards of 16 miles and runners who are able to stick with a specific plan. They're very 
many runners that had a lot of success with this type of training plan. So if you're considering doing that, they also have a book that we recommend you read. And I mean, I guess you got to just be able to invest a lot of time for, for this plan. Yeah, I guess if you have a flexible schedule and like to run, but don't like to run long miles, maybe. Well, you still do a lot of miles, but you just... Long miles at one sitting, I mean. At one sitting, yeah. I kind of did something like that when I was coaching with Ron last year, where we did a ton of miles. I think I did, was it was it eight weeks of, six weeks of 80 miles or something crazy like that. The longest run not being more than 16 miles, but instead we had a double run. So I would run 16 miles in the morning and then another five to six in the evening. And your body is constantly fatigued. You're eating all the time. And I've kind of enjoyed it at that time in my life because I wasn't really employed, um, <laughs> which has changed a lot since. Keeping you occupied. Yeah. But so obviously it didn't work for me because I ended up with a joint effusion, which means I had fluid in my lungs. I, I mean, <laughs> in my, in my, in my joints. <laughs> so the next method that we have is a fight singer method or Fitzinger method. It's a German last name, but we live in America, so I don't really know how to pronounce it. But it was designed by Pete Fitzinger or Feitzinger. And it's a training program that's intended for advanced marathoners who are looking to up their game. Here's what you can expect from this one. You have a choice of a training plan or a training cycle of 12 weeks, 18 weeks or 24 weeks. You have a choice of goal mileage to be less than 55 miles, between 55 and 70 miles, 70 or 285 miles, or 85 miles plus, which is a ton of miles. Um, some plans have you running four to five days a week, up to seven days. So it, it looks like, you know, that one has a lot of different uh, options. You have two medium long runs per week. It, re it recommends tune-up races, and it has a five-week post-marathon recovery plan included. So who does this method, I'm not going to say the name again, work for best? It would be advanced marathon runners, experienced marathon runners who are trying to improve their time, those who can commit between high mileage runs, and those who haven't had overtraining injuries with lower mileage training plans in the past, and runners with a solid mileage base before beginning. The possible disadvantages of this program are that although there is a lower mileage option, up to 55 miles, that's still quite a bit. They don't hide the fact that it's best for the experienced runners. So just be aware of the mileage and make sure that your body can handle it. The plans seem to be getting harder. I was actually thinking the opposite. Easier? Well, I don't know. Well, this one, one says sounds high volume, and this one says like expert training. And well, it says expert, but it still has the options of choosing shorter cycles, and then up to fifty-five miles is not that much. And then there's some that have only four to five running days per week. I kind of want to look into that one just to see. <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. If it's less, I guess that's true. So then, last but not least, we have the first marathon method, which is run less, run faster. That one sounds good by title, right? <laughs> it does. So the book is also called Run Less, Run Faster. And this is how the Furman First Training Program can be implemented. Uh, it lays out that you only run three 
times per week. And these three times will be one speed workout, which is faster than your 10K pace, one tempo run, which is 15 to 30 seconds slower than your 10K pace, and one long run at marathon goal pace. There are no easy runs, at least two days of additional cross training, such as swimming or cycling, and only three runs per week. The long runs make up a large percentage of your weekly mileage. So for this training method, they caution that pacing is crucial for its success. So who is this first method work for best? If you're someone who is tight on time, then this method could be a good option. Although you are expected to do quite a bit of cross training. So arguably, maybe you'll end up with the same amount of time on your, or, or doing, you know. Time commitment. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Another thing that I would be concerned with is that there's a lot of speed work in this program that could cause injury. However, you're also running less, so maybe you have more recovery time doing your cross training. So so who knows? What do you think about this training program? I mean, it sounds good, but yeah, like you say, you might be more prone to injury if you're running faster and more or less frequently and faster. All right. So those are the main training programs that I found. Obviously, there's a gazillion on the internet, but I found that these were the ones that had very different methods. So I wanted to introduce them to you so you could see what's out there and what method people choose to run with. So now that we know what those training plans are, we're going to talk about how to pick the best marathon training plan for you. So Ryan, knowing all the plans that are out there, which one would you pick to do your first marathon? Um, probably the most nonsensical one because I like to run faster and less frequently. <laughs> the first training program, the last one I just yeah. talked about. But then you'd have to do cross training too. I guess you'd be good at that too. I like cross training too, like <laughs> doing other stuff. So. so maybe that'll be the lucky winner for your training for the Stockholm Marathon. Well, I guess before we talk about which one you're going to pick, let's have a definition on what factors you should consider when picking the best marathon training plan for you. So what are some things that you think we should consider when we think about marathon training plans? I mean, I think for the most people, the the biggest difficulty, myself included, is fitting it into your schedule with work and other things of your life. So. So that's one. It would be looking at your availability and time commitment that you can give, to give. exactly see what times like how much per day and when you can possibly do it i mean yeah another thing to consider that i think is also important is your current fitness right because some of these as we as we just read are advanced marathon training plans so you probably wouldn't be picking one of those but you also probably wouldn't pick a run-walk method because you are already fit. You just don't run. You do different types of sports. Yeah, that's a good thought. Another thing that we've got going for us is that we have a long timeline. The marathon that we're thinking about signing you up for is 12 months away. So, you start know... Start me on the 12-month program? <laughs> you probably should. You can start on the... Uh, you can do a program in stretch it out to 12 months so that i can actually fit it into my schedule yeah that would that would make sense that'd probably be good to bring, no, bring your base my base mileage up a little bit 
Yeah, to me, I mean, I would like to do stuff that doesn't involve running. <laughs> no, so basically the cross-training would be important to me because that's easier for me to do. Easier and also very important. Yeah. Another few things that we can look at is the intensity preferences. So you just mentioned to me earlier that you prefer doing a lot more faster runs and not the slow and easy ones. You don't like those too much. Um, you also told me that your running frequency will not be as much as running six, seven days a week. You probably like running a few less days, not because you want to, but because you don't have the time to commit to it. Uh-huh. So I guess we'll sum them up on when you pick your plan, consider those factors, consider your current abilities, consider the timeline that you have to the marathon, consider your intensity preferences, consider your running frequency preferences. And then also one that we didn't mention is the long run preferences. Do you like to do a long run of 21 miles or would you prefer doing 16 miles? I mean, we, I guess we all would prefer the 16 miles, Five. but you know, there's different ways of being able to use those 16 miles rather than a 21 mile run uh, for your training. It's true. Yeah, so a lot of stuff to think about. Anything else that we can tell our listeners that would help with this topic of marathon training programs and how to pick the best one for you? Any other tips that we could give them? I think one thing that wasn't that isn't maybe emphasized as much as actually just picking a plan, whatever it might be, and following it just helps commit to putting miles in and running and will help you get faster and get better. Well, it doesn't matter as much what plan it is necessarily, but just picking a plan. Yes, and not hopping back and forth from two different plans because... Well, if you switch plans, it could potentially work, but yeah, you 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 might sacrifice things. Like you might overtrain, you might undertrain, you, you know, and a lot of those plans that are out there probably have been tweaked over years and and at least are somewhat effective otherwise they wouldn't be popular yeah i feel like they are well thought through and try to gear the runners to not get injured so if you pick two plans and you just pick the speed works out of both of them then you're probably gonna get injured because you're not getting the sufficient rest another thing that's also to consider is if you are trying to run a hilly marathon then hill training is something that's super important. And with that goes strength training. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess you could just train for the marathon. If you have the environment, train for the marathon in areas that will be similar to your race. You know, unfortunately in Florida, it's flat. So if you were training for a hilly marathon, you just run bridges, I guess. But if you were training for... A, a marathon in a hot climate here in a good area in Florida, but likewise other places. Yeah, very true. Anything else? I think that's it. That's it. And with that said, we're going to put all the training plans into the notes so you can go ahead and find the names and Google them, see what you like best. We appreciate any feedback as always, and you can message us on Instagram. And with that, happy running. Thanks for tuning in. 
For more information, head to www.runningpodcast.us. And as always, have a great week of running.